two, three, go. Okay. Welcome to Sports Mad Res's This Week in Review podcast, where we highlight the recent news in sports medicine research. Over the past two weeks, we had two posts on sportsmedres.org. That's res.org. In the first post, we highlighted a paper where the authors found that among youth football athletes, cumulative head impacts over three years had no relationship with neurocognitive, behavioral, and symptom change scores. However, an athlete who had high-intensity helmet impacts each season was more likely to report worsening symptoms and behavior changes than peers. We also highlighted the 2020 NBA Orthobiologics Consensus Statement. If we take a closer look at that first post, we find that the authors followed youth football athletes over three years to assess the relationship between cumulative subconcussive head impacts and changes in neurologic, cognitive, and behavioral outcomes. The authors prospectively examined 29 youth football athletes who were 9 to 11 years of age from a Michigan tackle football program through the 2016, 2017, and 2018 fall seasons. They collected cumulative helmet impact data based on software-driven measurements of impacts over 10 Gs for the 2016 season and over 15 Gs for the 2017 and 2018 seasons. Each season, the athletes completed pre-season and post-season neurological, behavioral, and cognitive assessments. The athletes also answered questions about their medical history, including previous concussion, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and depression or anxiety. Only one athlete had a concussion during this study, and that occurred in seasons two and three. An athlete with a history of previous concussion attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or either depression or anxiety, was more likely to worsen its self-reported symptoms and behavioral adjustments. Furthermore, an athlete with high-intensity impacts, greater than 43 Gs in each season, was more likely to have worse self-reported change scores for behavior. In contrast, cumulative head impacts never predicted changes in outcomes. The authors of this three-year cohort study identified a stronger association with previous medical history of concussion, attention deficit spectrum disorders, and either anxiety or depression than cumulative head impacts to change scores in neurological, behavioral, and cognitive outcomes. However, the authors reported a few limitations, such as losing many athletes to follow up over the three years, lacking a formal control group for comparison, focusing solely on male football players, and having no verification of reported medical history. More robust studies need to be conducted on youth athletes of both sexes to confirm these findings. However, these findings provide evidence to support low-cost, low-risk initiatives to reduce the risk of high-intensity impacts including rule changes in helmetless tackling drills. Despite the limitations, clinicians should use this information during pre-participation medical screenings and in conversations with parents, athletes, coaches, and medical providers to develop a shared understanding of risk 
and to help ease concerns for youth contact sport participation. This information could also help identify athletes at greater risk of long-term neurobehavioral concerns. Don't forget that we also share extra material on social media. This week's most popular post was an article where the authors concluded that asymptomatic medial epicondyle apophysitis and abduction and external rotation deficits in the dominant shoulder were risk factors for elbow injuries in 7 to 12 year old youth baseball players. The authors noted that these findings may aid in the design of programs to prevent elbow injuries in this population. And if you're an athletic trainer who's looking for evidence-based practice CEUs, then please check out our eight online evidence-based practice courses available through the Human Kinetics website. These include our new courses on psychosocial factors in sports medicine and ankle sprains. We will have links to our summaries, the courses, and the article on our website and in our show notes. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. We'll be back next week with more sports medicine research. Until then, have a fun one.